Talk with Freema. Um, today we have on Ricky Dobbs. He is a naval officer, has been for plenty of years. He's played football, so he's an athlete. And again, he's coming on to share his story with us, give us motivation, give us some feedback, let us know what we can do, you know, all that good stuff, just sharing his story. Again, we learn from each other. Also, I would like to give a big shout out to M. Hubbard's Rental. Make sure you check them out for all of your rental needs, whether it's a shop, whether it's mobile homes, they'll be able to assist you. Feel free to inbox me for contact information. So kudos to my sponsor. I really appreciate you all. Kudos to Stacy, my assistant. I really appreciate you. Alan, we haven't come up with a name yet, but I really appreciate you. Um, but we're going to go ahead and bring Alan, we're going to bring Ricky on to share his story. So let's see. And you know, we always got to cross these fingers to make sure we have success with this technology. So let's see what we got. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I am fine. I'm fine. So what time is it there where you're at, Ricky? Uh, the time is 11, 11.02 at night. 11.02 at night. Gee whiz. So I'm sorry to have you up so late past your bedtime. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, Ricky, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. On Super Bowl Sunday, uh, January 31st, 1988. Uh, but I grew up in the town right outside of Atlanta, Douglasville, Georgia. Um, and let's see. I think I was uh, destined to be a quarterback because I was born on the day that uh, Doug Williams was the first black quarterback who won a Super Bowl. Oh, wow. And my mom had to wait to after the game to have me. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, they asked her. She said she went through, uh, went in labor, and they asked her if uh, she could wait. Uh, she said she wanted any pain, so they waited. And I was born at 8.26 p.m. And then I <laughs> later on grew up to be a quarterback, not even knowing anything uh, to do with that before I started playing quarterback. Oh, wow. so. That's interesting. Okay. So um, when did you decide you wanted to be a football player? Uh, I think when I was four. I started playing football when I was four years old. Okay, you never stopped. You just kept it going. Yep. Okay. So did you play in the States or you played overseas? Uh, so I have, I've never played overseas except for uh, flag football uh, since okay. I've been out here in Bahrain. But um, uh, I've played uh, from Little League all the way up, middle school, high school. Then I played college football at the Naval Academy. Okay. Gave it a uh, semi-pro, a shot, professional flag, and uh, didn't have the opportunity to pursue my NFL dreams because of the Navy. Uh, but Okay. Still. So when you say um, flag, I honestly <clears throat> didn't know that there was like a professional flag. So it's actually a flag football team. You don't tackle, uh, you actually. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So they, got a, they, got a, they have a lot of uh, flag football teams across the nation um, that compete for national championships and stuff like that. But then uh, two two years ago, I believe, 
I want to say, yeah, two years ago, they uh, created the the AFFL, the uh, American Flag Football League, and uh, began like the little starts of the professional flag on like a national uh, stage. Um, they were going to do it again this year. Uh, still kind of talking about it, but uh, because of coronavirus and all that stuff, it's at a standstill. Right. So is that something that you're still doing or you're, the the Navy? Okay, so you're still doing the flag football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, last year, I was out here in Bahrain, too, uh, since 2018. Um, and uh, last year, we had the tournament, and I flew back for it. Uh, this year, I was going to try to make it, but we don't know when it's going to be. But I moved back right. to America, though, next month. So, <clears throat> so they're going to let you come back. So you're coming back in the States with all this craziness going on. Yeah, I wish it was a little different, but... Uh, the return home still be nice, be close to the family, yeah. but I just wish the States wasn't in the state that it is right now. Right, definitely. So did that impact you at all, aside from, you know, the standstill with the flag football or anything? Are y'all experiencing anything with COVID-19 where you're at? Uh, yes, here in Bahrain, um, I would like to say that they have a, a, a really good hold on it. Um, I mean, of course, the numbers are just going to steadily increase uh, no matter what. Um, but they do have a, a, a good hold on it because the uh, population here is the, it's a great population. We have a lot of people, and uh, the more people that you test, the more num- uh, results that you're going to have. But the thing is trying to mitigate the chances of spreading it is uh, one thing. So they mandated uh it's mandatory that anytime you're outside of your house you have to wear a mask unless you're doing physical like fitness activity outside is the only time when it's okay um and then restaurants and stuff aren't open to dine in you can only do carry out uh then the bars and stuff aren't open yet either but uh as as we saw in america uh you know the patients run thin uh everywhere so it's yeah. only so long before people will just be like, okay, accept the risk and and do it. My my opinion about it all anyway is if you just, no matter when you decide to to open things up to try to get back to normal, it's gonna be a spike. Right. Uh, if you like, I actually looked at some of the uh, like the research and like the results from past pandemics in the uh, world gonna always have a spike no matter what and you just have to really accept that so if you start it then you stop it shut stuff back down then whenever you open back up it's gonna be another spike spike so the best thing to do is just open it full-fledged in my opinion open it (laughs) full-fledged and let it spike and then it's gonna weed out and then (laughs) after that people will be either immune and by then you know you have a vaccine and doing all this stuff but i think you just got to accept the 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 risk uh with the spike so i agree because right now where we're at i mean what can we really do (laughs) it's not much we can do you know but try to stay as safe as possible at this point so um you mentioned uh so in the navy so you're still in the navy right yes so is the navy and i ask all these crazy questions uh, that's dealing with a lot of water, or exactly? Are you on like <laughs> you getting submarines and all that stuff, or am I mixing something up? Uh, no, you're not mixing it up. Um, I would say, in my opinion, 
because if everybody will in each branch of service will try to argue against but to me the navy is the most versatile of uh, of the branches in the uh, Department of Defense for the U.S. Um, because we have pilots who fly planes, ship drivers who drive ships, like I do. I'm a surface warfare officer, so I'm like minute, on the that? sea. Uh, oh, surface warfare yeah. officer is like the surface of the water. Mm. <clears throat> so all the big boats uh, and ships that we have. Then you got the submarine uh, officers who, you know, being subs. Then we also have the branch of the Navy that's the Marine Corps. We got the SEALs. So we got, we're, in my opinion, we're the most versatile branch. But um, that makes sense. It doesn't really all just involve uh, water because you got a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of people that's in the Navy who've never been on the ship out on the water before in their whole career. Okay. So, so how, like, for someone that has a fear <laughs> with water, they still, you don't have to train in the water or anything, or that's not really up to you? Uh, it all kind of depends on what your job uh, ends up being. Because, um, I, I mean, I have friends and people that I know that's in the Navy on ships but don't know how to swim. Wow. Um, they don't teach y'all how to swim in the Navy? Uh, well, they could teach you, um, but <laughs> you could. could, you can make it. You can make it by without knowing how to swim, without having uh, ever being taught. <clears throat> but uh, it's not a necessity. Now, if the ship go down and you have life jackets and you oh, depend geez. on other people if you can't swim, but. <laughs> so what so exactly are, and if I'm asking too many questions or things you don't want to answer, you don't have to. So what exactly are y'all doing out there? <laughs> like uh, when you say, like, what are you doing? <laughs> so it all depends on like, you know, where your location, like where your location is, like uh, if you're on the east coast of America, west coast, uh, if you're over here in the Middle East, uh, in somewhere in Asia, everybody has like different missions. Um, you know, we try to help out with the world issues and just a, there's a lot of things. With America, we got our hands in a lot of stuff, so. Um, you can have humanitarian relief, uh, and just like, you know, freedom of navigation in the waters, different things that you could be doing. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of things that we do. Cause you say what we do is, uh, it's a whole right. lot. We, we try to do anti-piracy for, to help, uh, and make safe navigation in waters to keep, um, big ships or innocent people who just kind of, you know, traders and stuff on, right. uh, high seas to keep them from getting pirated and stolen from. I was just about to ask you that, I swear. So I hate to sound so ignorant or stupid. So the pirate thing, for a long time, I did not believe that stuff was like real. You know, you see TV and stuff. So people actually come out there and they target boats to steal whatever they're bringing or however. So they really have people out there doing that? Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, it ain't how you see on TV, like with like the uh, what's his name? The one leg and the hook. I don't know. Yeah, like Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff. It ain't nothing like that. <clears throat> well, it probably is a little bit, but it's more so like. Uh, did you ever see the movie? Uh, dang, I think what's his name? 
Tom Hanks was in didn't. it on the ship. Oh, then I doubt it. One of the famous things in there when the, the Somalian guy uh, told him he's the captain now, he was like, I'm the captain now. I can't but think that's of what they'll that do. They right come, I don't know. They'll come no, take so over. Like, <clears throat> you have merchant ships who um, own trade routes from mm -hmm. different countries and stuff who um, deliver and transport goods. Um, and what different people who, like, they, they're called pirates, uh, but they're just like, you know, regular people trying to make a living themselves too. Mm -hmm. So they'll just go, go on the ship that look like it, you know, might have a sweet lick, ain't nothing, no telling what's on there. And they try to go in there and steal what they can. Um, wow. I mean, but we do have, it's a lot of security forces. Uh, yeah, that's the name of it. Thanks. Captain uh, Phillips. Yeah, Captain Ashley. Phillips. Thanks, Ashley Fulmer. <laughs> yeah, Captain Phillips. <laughs> I that was I a, see that. Yeah, so that, that is a more accurate depiction of uh, what pirating is. Okay. So, I just, I don't know why I was just so, I'm like, <clears throat> people really go out there and do that? And then I think I want to say, I, it, it, something on the news a couple years back came, and I was like, wow, that's like real. So y'all look out for that type stuff too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Just about everything. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you decide you wanted to go in the Navy? Like, how did that come about? So uh, I went to the Naval Academy, and... In our senior year, we have a service selection where we select what it is, which branch, or what we want to do. Sometimes you have to pick before that uh, if you want to go more specialized, uh, if like you want to go Marine Corps, because you have to do certain testing and stuff. But <clears throat> um, for me, though, I chose surface warfare, uh, which it was ill-advised. Uh, I chose surface warfare because I thought excuse me, I thought it was going to be the easiest way for me to get out uh, of the Navy and go to the NFL. Oh, and it, okay. And it turns out, it turned out to be the hardest to get released from. Wow. But why is that? Because you're more needed or something along those lines? Yeah, to the community, uh, you know, more, more needed. Um, but for me personally, I'm like, you know, it's so many other junior officers that's on ships, uh, so I, don't, I ain't see why they couldn't let me go to give it a shot. Oh, to give uh, it a shot. So let me ask you, I know you mentioned, you know, because you would rather get released to go back to NFL. So, and I know this is probably going to be like, you asking him this? So were you that good? You know, like, did you break records? Like, you know, what made you want to stick with NFL so bad? Um, <laughs> I don't want to say I was that good. You know, I, I worked hard. You and gave I gave it my all, <laughs> but uh, I did break records. Um, okay. But for me though, ever since I was little, uh, you know, I always wanted to play in the NFL to go up because in in any kind of uh, sports, um, playing on a professional level is sometimes like the pinnacle of all the work that you put in and do. Um, so playing in the NFL was like a dream that started when, when I was yay high. So, um, when it came down to the Naval Academy, I mean, I chose to go to the Naval Academy because of the opportunities that it presented to me outside of football, just right. in case, like, just let's say case, if I would go absolutely. to college and I don't have what it takes to go to the NFL, 
I got to feel that. safe. Okay, uh, well, that, that was a smart thing to do. Yeah, so, because everybody, now, everybody in my family, none of them wanted me to go to the Naval Academy. Um, and I chose it because I saw that other stuff. But, uh, right. <clears throat> yeah, so, if I would have went to another school, I probably would have made it to the NFL without, the NFL. you know. But, but you then, were dedicated to the Navy at that point. Yeah, because once I go, well, I mean, it was a couple of times, too, throughout while I was at the Naval Academy in my first two years that I almost left. Really? Because it, it's tough. It is. It's tough in different kind of ways. Um, and then it's just like, you know, when you haven't, haven't been introduced to, like, a military uh, lifestyle, right. being thrown into that on top of playing football and doing your studies, it, it was pretty tough. And I was about to say, to hell with this. And <laughs> I bet so. Georgia. If you don't mind me asking, what what record? What did what record did you break? Like, what was that in? Was it? I don't know. Throwing, running, yards. <laughs> so um, one of the records that I had uh, was uh, the most touchdowns by a quarterback, rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in NCAA. Okay. And I broke various, like a bunch of school records, but <clears throat> um, had that one at the uh, at the top of my career uh, Navy right. junior. Okay. That was probably one of the most. Tim Tebow had it before me, and uh, it's another quarterback too that shared it with him. And when I broke that record, I had it for a few years before. One of my Somebody other else. prodigies came from Navy and broke it. Okay. Well, kudos to you. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I got to ask this because I want to know, like, any any type of branch um, in the Navy, are they really yelling at you in your face? You know how they say they get in your face, they try to make you sweat. Like, that's real? That's true? Yeah. Um, during the indoctrination phase, like, so boot camp. Um, boot camp for, like, when you come in and list it. Uh, but then if you come in as an officer, if you go through the Naval Academy, you got a uh, plebe summer, uh, or if you go to a regular college or university, ROTC, and then you become an officer, you have the OCS program, the Officer Candidate School. So in the beginning, they yell at you and different stuff. To All of that, though, is just for show, because um, the, main, the main thing with, like, the boot camp and indoctrination uh, period uh, the yelling in your face thing is basically to strip you down, to build, for, strip you down for who you thought you were, and build you up to who they want you to be. That's the purpose oh. of like the okay. yelling and stuff. Because it's and like everything you do, no matter what you do, Not even if enough. you're doing it right, we still gonna yell at you. I never forget. Oh, wow. uh, I went to the Naval Academy Prep School when I first graduated, so I had like a little three-week indoctrination. So I knew what to expect a little bit. So when I went to the Naval Academy that next year and had the plebe summer, mm -hmm. uh, I knew they was gonna cut our hair off. So I had went without my hair already cut off. And then even though I had my hair already bald, they still sat me down and cut over my head. <laughs> oh wow, just to say that. So, yeah, and I was like, okay. And that, that what furthermore taught me what, it, what, what this whole phase was. And I, then I knew how to play the game because I knew it, they just was, trying to take my identity, who I thought right. I was, to strip that away and then build you up into the person that they need you to be. They need you to be. That makes sense. I think um, you said a viewer had a question. 
Um, someone wanted to know, have you ever been hit with a racist card? You know, being racially profiled, being a, a quarterback in the Navy, saying maybe you can hit hard, but you can't throw. You know, have you ever experienced any jabs because of, you know, who you are? Uh, well, you got two. I uh, had it two ways. One, for the, the black quarterback syndrome. Is you know we are more athletic, so we do a lot of running and, and whatnot. Um, it started you know when the, the talks when Michael Vick came on the scene. Um, everybody wanted to be like Mike Vick, and they were saying this type of quarterback who runs all the time um, won't really make it. But that's just the you know the the one side that you have that I, I have received that too. Uh, but it didn't help me much because where I actually went to school at the Naval Academy was a primary running school. And for me, I was almost like a quarter, I mean, a running back, playing quarterback, because I ran a lot. And instead of breaking passing touchdown records in the NCAA, I had the rushing touchdown records. So we ran a lot at Navy. And, you know, I had a lot of questions uh, about me as a quarterback when I was uh, coming out my senior year. <clears throat> I went to the, I played and got invited to the East-West Shrine game. Um, and one of the questions that scouts, NFL scouts wanted to know is if if I could actually throw and stuff. Because we very rarely threw the ball at Navy. Oh. Um, it was a lot of play action. I'm pretty sure you know, you know what I mean by play action. Yeah. <laughs> play action uh, stuff. It's like where you're acting like you're going to run it, but you actually step back and pass it. Oh, so you do want so to trick them. <laughs> yeah. So okay. we did. And, but when I got to this uh, camp, uh, I was able to show them that I could actually throw the ball. So that's what got a lot of interest from NFL scouts. And then I was invited to the uh, NFL Combine, too, as a result of me showing them that I could actually throw the ball. Because I went to a running school uh, where Navy do the triple option, and that's it. But uh, in high school and before that, I was a passing quarterback. So okay. for the question that you asked, you know, I didn't really help myself out by going to Navy to prove them wrong about being a, a running quarterback. Because that's what I did a lot of. Because that's what you did. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's sad people have to go through that. Clearly, that person must be witnessed it or know somebody that went through it. So oh, that's sad. But um. It was something else I wanted to ask you, and I know it seemed like I'm stuck on this, and that's just because my biggest fear is water. Did you have to ever go in a submarine, or you never had to? No, you don't have to. Um, oh, I'm just curious. <laughs> but we, for the Naval Academy, we do this like summer. Um, it's like a summer engagement. It's an intro to the four major parts of the uh, that the Navy has to offer. You spend one week with a ship on on the surface of the water one week on a submarine, one week with pilots and flying airplanes, and one week with Marines on the ground. So you oh, could wow. get a taste of it, but it's not required for you to be on the I would sub. never make it. I wouldn't make it. Did you ever have to do any jumping out of planes or anything crazy like that? No. no I, I have jumped out of a plane, but we don't have I would to do love that. to. I would love yeah. to do that. <laughs> where, um, where, where do you live? I'm in South Carolina. You? Oh, okay. So you, oh, yeah. that's right. You're from, you're from Orangeburg, mm -hmm. right? 
Okay, I didn't know that's where you still were. Okay. Yeah, still here. Yeah, I would love to jump out of a plane. So maybe one day I'll get to do it, and maybe my assistant would be scared and do yeah. it with me. <laughs> she said she'll record me, but she don't see us. <laughs> but um, that's something. <laughs> I'm a daredevil, a drilling rush, except with water. But you scared to go on a submarine? I'm not. I would never do that. I wouldn't even go parasailing or anything. That ain't Barely no daredevil. That ain't daredevil tendencies. with water. So, I cannot do it. So what would you tell, Ricky, what would you tell, like, uh, our younger generation, just to give them, like, some motivation or, you know, would you tell them, try your shot in the Navy, you know, try to do different things, NFL. What would you tell our younger generation? So what I tell kids when I talk to them, and this is, I, I'll forever tell kids this is, one, dream big. And then now after you dream big, whatever your dreams and goals are, have a plan and figure it out whatever it is that you want not what folk expect of you or what they want you to do figure out what it is that you want to do and what makes you happy and where you could be at bay with the decisions that you have to do on a daily basis um and then use that plan to get to them goals and then also realize that just because other people have an opinion about what success look like for them and what they want to place on you, that ain't your that ain't your walk. Figure out what it is that you want, and because you could be very successful and live a good life if you want to work at McDonald's every day. If that brings you your happiness, then that's fine. The only Absolutely. thing I tell them when they're coming out of high school though is just have a plan to do something. Whether Absolutely. it's going on to go to school picking up a trade, getting into something that they love or enjoy. You know, I, I tell grown folks this too, because we get caught up in it too, doing stuff. Uh, I, I mean, I even had the, to think about like me playing football at mm -hmm. one point in my life. I asked myself, uh, do I really enjoy playing football or do I play football because it's expected of me? Because I'm pretty good at it, and then now because I was good at it and did these things, now it's expected of me. So now I got I'm in this routine, and you know I, I it was at a crossroads. Well, I was at the Naval really? Academy too, and I almost I was about ready to stop playing football over it. Wow! <laughs> I, I mean I played since I was four, and I was like you know, did I really ever have a choice? Because after that it was just like. The next year of football coming up, I got to get ready because I'm playing football. Get ready. And I developed a love for it because of that. But then I was like, did I really develop this love because this is what I wanted to do or was because it, it was expected of me? And, <clears throat> and because you pondered upon that, do you think that made you feel like it wasn't really your passion because you had to think about it? Um, no. Uh, I that The fact that I had to think about it and I really felt like that was just like a defining moment because what it was, was I just stopped enjoying it gotcha. the way that I, I used to. And the reasons why I was stopping enjoying it is because I was letting what other people wanted me to do while playing it and how they wanted me to play and be, I let that get a hold of me and that it was okay. not, no longer myself. And wow. when I was at that stage, my uh, 
No, it was actually my senior year, beginning of my senior year. Um, I was about to call it quits, but if it wasn't wow. for my teammates, if it wasn't for my teammates and just letting them down, I would have uh, went on ahead and went through with it mm -hmm. and then figured it out probably later. But <clears throat> because of them, though, I delayed, but then I actually had to get back to the roots in which I felt like while I was playing. And then I was able to find that joy, and I started back having fun. Like, it took oh, about good. two weeks, though. So that's I think good. that as adults, we should examine that, too, figure out what it is that we're doing, if we're doing this because it's expected of us or we're doing it because this is what we really enjoy because right. that makes a world of difference. It does. And that just goes to people saying it shouldn't feel like a job, I guess that's the saying. It shouldn't feel like a mm -hmm. job. Yeah, so that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, um, Ricky, is there anything else you want to share with us at all so I can give you your Sunday back? Uh, I want to make a plug. What's that? For, for <laughs> my campaign. Okay. So I'm running for president 2040. <laughs> I've been saying so in 20 years from now. Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Yeah, I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm going to do it. So, ooh, <coughs> I interviewed the future president. Go me. So, 20 years from now, <laughs> I'm going to run. I've been saying this okay. since 2006. So, okay. So, you've my, been saying uh, that 2040 is your year since 2006, or you keep pushing it back? Okay. Yeah. So, I, I said, well, the first time when I said it, I didn't even realize that 2040 was going to be an election year until I was at the Naval Academy and one of the reporters, like, did the math and they was like, oh yeah, that's an actual election year. And I was like, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it just came to me. So uh, right now I have endorsements from President Obama, former okay. Secretary of Defense Robert Gates, and former President um, Jimmy Carter. Okay, wow, kudos to so. you. I can't wait for this. So, hey, if we need to set up a campaign here in Orangeburg, South Carolina, or Columbia, Charleston, I got you, Ricky. All right. All right I'm going to hold you to that now. Oh, no. Hold me to it. And everybody that's watching, hold me to it. I'm a woman of my word. So yeah, I got yeah. you for that. Definitely do that. Wow. I think when I you get out of the phone. Navy, <laughs> at some point when I get out of the Navy, I'm going to go back to Douglasville. Uh, okay. And I'm going to probably run for mayor there because I got to right. go back to my roots because I'm the only... Absolutely black person might be the only person in general that enjoy in Douglasville. They gave me the key to the city and my okay. own day. So I'm definitely going to come back and pay homage and run for mayor, try to make it great, then run for governor of Georgia. And from governor, okay. I want to run for president. Absolutely. You got this. That's amazing, yep, yep. Ricky. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you give me, giving me your time today. You know, this was awesome sharing your story. And you are a naval officer now, right? Yes. Okay. So are you the ones fussing and stuff at the new the newbies that's coming on? No, 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 no. No? Those people, they, they, they live in uh, Great Lakes, Illinois. <laughs> I think, shoot, I, I didn't know about that. I think he done did that duty before. Really, Alan? He looked like he could do that. <laughs> I'll pick an Alan later. Look like he one of those. <laughs> so I got a question okay. for you. Sure. Ask away. All right. So <clears throat> two questions. All right. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, actually, it might be three. 
Okay. Yeah, it is three. So what's your what what's your job outside of this? What you do? Um, I am a financial service representative at a doctor's office. Um, prior to that, I was a mission coordinator um, where I assisted a lot of agents and just, you know, well-being. And if they needed me for anything, I had to be the one. There. I was their go-to to make sure they were happy with whatever okay. they needed. So that's what kind of brought me into Let's Sip and Talk with Freema because I think I'm a great listening ear. I think I give good opinions. I say opinions. I don't want to say advice. You don't have to use it, but I give my great feedback. And I always think outside the box and try to see the good in every situation. You know, I'm not a negative Nancy. But yeah, right okay. now I'm a financial service representative. Okay, so now this next question. Uh-huh. Without, without any elaboration, just okay. yes or no. Yes or no, okay? Okay. Are you happy doing what you do? Yes. Okay, next one. If you could wave a magic wand and be or do anything for the rest of your life every day, what would it be? I would be sitting on, in hopefully my or someone's studio, being a, either a talk show host or some type of entertainer or reporter or I just see myself as a, like what I'm doing now. You know, like I just see myself out there, I don't know the word I wanna use, like I was thinking about being a life coach. Like I just want to, I just want to be able to do good deeds and help people in some kind of way. And I think my way of doing that is talking because I feel sharing knowledge and putting people out there. I don't know. But if I, if I could do something right now, it would be with a microphone in my hand doing something or something in my ear talking to somebody. <laughs> I hope okay. that answers the question. <laughs> it does. It does. Okay. But now I want to make the point though. So uh -oh. I'm going to revisit so the two the last two questions I asked. And I know what you're about to say too. I know what you're about to say. The last two questions I asked, you said you was happy. I am. So do you think you're happy with what you're doing now as at the doctor's office as uh -huh. the financial uh, service representative? Do you really think you're happy doing that or do you find happiness doing that? Because I, I find the happiness way that you doing answered. it because I have to do it. Right now, what I would love to be doing, which was the third question, financially, I can't afford just to be doing this because there's okay. nothing in it, if that makes sense. Okay, so now, are you, so this, the financial uh, representative, uh, is that the segue to help you get to that point? Do you have a plan to get to that point, is basically what I'm asking. Now, I do have a plan. However, my plan instills of me, and I don't know how to say this without sounding, uh, okay, I'm going to just say it because we keep it real on Let's Sip and Talk with Freema. I don't want to have to depend on anyone else as far as support goes, you know, financially, like selling shirts or, sell, you know, just to get this huge studio, which I'm in one now that's being sponsored, but that's still not going to bring me any revenue. So to answer your question as a yes or no, no, because I'm not a, a, I don't like to ask people like, hey, you want to buy this shirt? You know, I'll accept small donations for this club. But eventually, how is that going to get me where I want to be as far as being that interviewer or that reporter or that personality, person on TV, you know, an entertainer? Like, so I don't have a plan as to how to execute this to bring in revenue. 
Does that make sense? Like, unless someone inbox me out of the blue and say, hey, this is, I don't know, CBS or TLC, and we'd like to offer you a position on, you know, other than that, I think I'm just doing this to do it because I like doing it. Okay, so some, uh, I ain't gonna say, what'd you say? What's the word you came up with instead of saying giving advice? Opinion. Okay, so my, my opinion <laughs> to you okay. is to knock on doors to figure out and formulate a plan to get ideas from other people who might be doing it to get know. to your ultimate happiness. You don't know. So, uh, outside of this, I'll shoot you some information with some people that I okay. might have know to do some, any kind of little stuff like this, but just to formulate ideas so you could get to formulating a plan to get to your happiness, the stuff okay. that you would want to do on a daily basis. Cause my thing, another thing, like what I be asking, uh, some friends and stuff, you know, just to have the formulation of thought is if you wake up in the morning and you know, this is my, the last day I have to live on earth. Right. <clears throat> and what you're about to do, you ask yourself if the, what's already planned for my day, if this was my last day living on earth, would I be okay executing the rest of this day? And now if the answer is yes, I'll be okay, then good. But if the answer is no, too many days in a row, I, I gave one of my friends, uh, I was like, ask yourself this seven days out of the week for seven days. And if you have, if the no's outweigh the yes, if you got four no's and three yeses, right. some gotta switch up. So when we ask ourselves that, sometimes you, you know, if you think about that in the morning, you know, that will create you to be able to start changing some of the stuff to shift the priorities of the things that you're doing in your life and really on that day-to-day basis. Um, but when you ask yourself that, then, you know, you're looking at this job, some people get caught up in the job, and they're like, man, if I had, this was my last day, I ain't gonna work. Okay, so why you there? Find somewhere where you're going to enjoy it. Now, it could be the process of, like, for the rest of this day, I'm working towards to get to what I want to do for a full day. Then let that be it. But every day you got to be start trying to do something to reach your goal or your dream of what you could be doing where you don't really have to, you know, worry about it. So now that you done came in my life and I met you, you gonna, I'm gonna push you and try to hold you to that. You need to, well, gonna, I might send you a message out the blue, like, all right, what you did today to get towards your goal. Right, right, and I appreciate it, I really do. Thank yep, you yep. so much for that. That was my motivation for the day. I appreciate it, everything happens mm-hmm. for a reason. All right, now my last thing, cause this is called uh, Sip and Talk, right? <laughs> yep, let's sip and talk with Prima. All right, so where's your drink? Well, see, because I come to the studio in Orangeburg, I live in the outskirts. I didn't want to drink and drive. so. But on Friday night, Friday night, and normally I started it in my house, so I would have a drink. But because I have to drive, I don't drink when I come to the studio. So that sucks. Yeah, so I guess I could, could have be, water or tea, right? Could be some water, some, some yeah, hot tea. tea. <laughs> some, look, uh... 
It could be a little minute maid. But that's true. <laughs> Next time I have me some some water or some type of juice with my little cup. Because <laughs> <laughs> I I I, I want to be like you know. But yeah, normally I do have it, and it started in my house, so that's why I was able. You can hear me. Yeah. Oh. It started in my house, so therefore I was able to, you know, have a little sip. And we would just sit there and talk and all this. But during quarantine, to be honest with you, a lot of it came about with Alan. You know, he was like, hey, what about interviewing some people, you know, branching out there? And I was like, you know what? I didn't think about that. Um, prior to, I would have panels. Maybe about three or four people would come over, and we will discuss different topics, get it from different perspectives and things of that sort. Mm -hmm. So it started there, but of course, with COVID-19, you can't be around too many people. So I kind of put that on a standstill. But it was more of panels that I used to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Ricky, I really, really do appreciate you. Um, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be on Let's Sip and Talk with Freema. Um, so again, thank you so much. Viewers, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for the support. And Ricky, again, I appreciate you. All right, thank All you right. for having me. You're more than welcome. And as we always say, everyone, peace and love. All right. All right, bye-bye.